Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So he was in the store taking pictures. I, the employees felt uncomfortable um, and something that we don't really allow in the store. And then he was still in the store. So we asked him to leave to make our employees feel more comfortable. Is this the picture? This is the plaintiff, Cheeto Pepler. He says he was falsely arrested because the defendant lied to the police about him trespassing in a coffee shop twice. He had to spend all kinds of money defending himself in court. The charges were dropped, and he's suing for the $7,000. He's now out. This is the defendant, Christy Kachi. She says the plaintiff was taking pictures of her female employees, making them very uncomfortable, so she called the police. He then came back a second time, refused to leave, and the cops arrested him. She followed corporate procedures and owes this man nothing. She's accused of filing a false report. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session and the Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Pepler, you're suing for $7,000 in damages as a result of an incident that happened at Marilou's Coffee. Tell me your version, what occurred? On July the 3rd of last year, um, I visited Marilou's Coffee Shop in Rockland, Massachusetts. And upon entering, um, I, I spoke to the two baristas behind the counter and asked if, if it was okay for me to take a photo for Google Street View. Um, they gave consent. And when I took the photos, I took two photos. I showed it to them. Um, they liked it. Then I went to sit down. So when you take pictures, what do you do? Like you sell it to them or how does that work? Or you just upload it? Uh, we're non-paid. We're hobbyists. We're, we're Street View photographers. Uh, we use their Google Street View app. It tells us places that need it. Uh, typically, uh, it's wherever we are, we are located at that time. We we ask permission, um, and I always send the link to the corporate manager. Uh, if they don't like it, we can delete it. Okay, so you ask the baristas, can I take a picture, and they say yes. Then what happens? I went to sit down. A few minutes later, a manager came to me, um, and she introduced herself as a corporate manager who just happened to be in town. And she asked me why I didn't ask permission ahead of time, like a day in advance. And I told her that, I didn't know I was gonna be there. I'm, I'm a truck driver. I was um, actually picking up a trailer across the street and this was my first time at Mary Lou's. And uh, the app okay. said it needed a street view. 
And I, you know, okay. So she I, I asked you, why didn't you? Why isn't this something that was arranged in advance? And you tell her because that's not how this works. And then what happens? Um, I showed her the picture, and I gave her my business card with, with my phone and email, and said, "If you object, I can. I'm happy to delete the photo." And and as I mentioned, they can delete it too, but it would be easier for me to do it. Do you it, remember the name of the it. manager that you saw? Like, for example, the person who's who's up there right now, Ms. Kochi, were you the one who he dealt with on July 3rd? Yes. I was in the store at that time. Okay. All right. So this happens, and then uh, do you end up calling the police or anything on July 3rd? Um, yes. So what happened was he gave me the card. Um, I did ask him to leave. He left. And after he left, I called the police because his business card didn't match up with what he was saying. So I just wanted to make the uh, police aware of the situation that happened. That's all. Okay, but what was the situation that happened? He asked permission. He took a picture of two baristas, and that was the situation. So what really was the situation from your perspective on July 3rd? So he was in the store taking pictures. The employees felt uncomfortable. Um, and something that we don't really allow in the store. And then he was still in the store, so we asked him to leave to make our employees feel more comfortable. Is this the picture? Yes, that's one of the pictures. Okay, honestly, they don't look that uncomfortable, but okay. They're telling you that they're uncomfortable, or you're just kind of uncomfortable with the pictures or whatever? And Nope, they told me they were uncomfortable. I think they were caught off guard. Yeah, I understand. I know, I, I know what you mean by getting caught off guard or whatever and agreeing to do it and then later feeling like that was creepy. But whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, he asked permission. They posed. He took a picture. And then you said, you know what? You got to go. Did he say, no, I'm not leaving? Or did he just leave? Um, he just left. Okay. So now fast forward to the day in question, Mr. Pepler. Uh, the, the day that, we're, that, you, that everything really hits the fan is what? July what? <laughs> The 12th. And, um, okay. Like I said, what happens on July 12th? I was uh, back in Rockland to return the trailer. It took me a week to Casey's movers and I was actually hungry. So I liked the coffee shop and I liked the decor and I went across the street to get me something to eat and drink. Um, when I entered the, uh, the manager that was working, um, I had never met her before. So out of courtesy, I showed her the photo. Um, didn't think too much about it. She didn't object to it, and she took my order. And when I sat down, uh, I took one bite of my sandwich, and I saw three police officers enter. Didn't think they were called for me, but they approached me, and, and they were pretty aggressive. Okay. So all that happened the second time is you went back to a store where they had asked you to leave for taking a picture the first time. You walked up to the baristas, you showed them the picture of the other baristas, and then you ordered lunch. That's it. That's correct. Okay. Do you have, you were not actually there, Ms. Kochi, on the second day on July 12th, correct? No, Caitlin was. I have a witness. Okay, perfect. Um, Douglas, will you please swear her in? Absolutely. Raise your right hand, Caitlin. Thank you. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So I hope you got. Yes. Ms. Sneed, what is your version of what happened on July 12th? Um, so when he came in, the girl that was working with me was like, that's the man who was here that took a picture. Um, she got all shaky, really uncomfortable. So I called Christy, um, the one who was there on the 3rd, just kind of like, what should I do? I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. 
So she said, you know, call the police. We have asked him to leave in the past, so call the police and they can help you. So after he ordered his food, um, he walked over to this counter that we have, and he set up his computer or whatever, and then he put something on the counter, like almost facing where we were working, which I thought was very strange. What was the something? It looked like a camera, but I I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really ask. I just thought it was the strangest thing ever. And you, you had testified that it was a phone. Are you now no longer sure it was a phone? It looked like a phone or like a camera. It was. It had a camera on it that I do know. The camera was definitely facing me. All right. So, and, and it's just sitting there, and then he goes to sit somewhere else? Yeah, he sits on the other side of the store. All right, and then uh, leaves that object there, and then does he sit and eat, or does he do something else? Um, he just sits down, and I don't know why. I, I just, I don't know. It was just the way, why he set something up okay. on the counter like that. Facing me just freaked me out. That's okay. just no one records anything in that place. All right. So you call your your um, manager. She says, call the police, and you call the police, correct? Yes. All right. So the police get there. Mr. Pepler, let me hand the floor to you. What happens when the police get there? Um, they asked me if I was taking pictures, and I said, okay. no, not today. I, I took a picture, a couple pictures a week ago. And they asked me, was this the second time that they were called on me? And I said, no, um, not at all. And this is actually, I'm kind of surprised you're here. No one told me that Mary Lou had called the police on me on July the 3rd. I don't get why they well, would. It sounds like they called after you left just to record it, to record the incident is what she's saying. Um, but let me ask you this. Did you put something on the counter, in the pastry counter, that was a camera? Uh, yes, I did. I, I, I said it there you for put? about, it, it's my 360 camera. It's very small. It's about the size of an iPhone. Um, and it was okay. only there for about 10 to 15 seconds. I didn't take a picture. I just set it there. What'd I, you I do with it? Pastry. You set it there for what reason? Well, one, one thing I looked at the pastry crown counter, I thought about taking a picture. I mean, no one ever told me I couldn't take a photo on July the 3rd. The only issue that was brought up to me was why I didn't call a day in advance. And as I said, you know, if you don't like the photo, I can delete it and you have my contact. Right. So did Miss Kochi ask you to get out on the third? She did. Well, she said she was very nonchalant about it. She said we would prefer it if you left. I thought that was kind of perplexing because she didn't give a reason. So they um, ask you to and leave. I, and then what you do is come back a week later. And you put a camera-taking device pointed at the women working there. And you leave it there, according to you, for 15, 20 seconds. According to you, uh, Ms. Sneed, how long did he leave it for? I didn't even know he picked it back up, to be honest with you. Do you remember how long you saw it there? Or once you saw it, you kind of... Once I saw it there, I got a little freaked out. Okay. So the police come. And what do the police say to you? Well, Mr. the main Pepper. question was that they were the, under the impression that this was the second time that they were called on me and I returned to har harass them, which obviously is not the case because I came there to get breakfast. And like I said... To the place um, where you had been asked to leave. Because that's kind of awkward. If the place asked me to leave, I probably wouldn't go back. So you came back to get breakfast, and that's fine. So you tell the police, look, I'm back here to have breakfast. And then what happens? And then they said they want to see my ID card. Um, 
I told them that I told them my name and I showed them the photo that 360 photo. So you see the name and, and the picture of me. Right. And so then the police who, said, who show am. me your ID. And what did you say? Well, I don't have my driver's license on me, so I keep it in the truck. Is that what so you told the police? Lost. Well, I, I asked the police if I could leave, which they refused. Um, I told the police that that I don't I, I know my rights. I don't have to show you my ID because there's no probable cause I did anything wrong. And I know that Massachusetts is not a stopping ID state. Um, and I said, why do you need to see my ID? And that's when they decided just to arrest me. Okay. Now, what is the police version of what happened? That you did what that made them uh, pin you down? That you took like a furtive movement past their sergeant and then they decided to pin you down, correct? That's what they say in the report, something like that. Right? Uh, they may have said that, but I don't see how that could be. There were three of them. No, um, I, I understand. Did ask I understand. So you end up getting arrested for what? Disturbing the peace, witness intimidation, and disorderly conduct. Always dropped except disturbing the peace. Okay. And then you actually had a trial on disturbing the peace, correct? That's correct. Three months later. And you won the trial. The judge found you not guilty. That is correct, Your Honor. Okay. Now, you are coming after Mary Lou's coffee for seven grand because what? How are you out seven grand and why should they? And then the next question is going to be why should they pay you that? But how are you out seven grand? Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back to the People's Court. I'm Harvey Levin. The plaintiff says he had to spend all sorts of time and money defending himself when he didn't do anything wrong and certainly didn't break the law. But the defendant says the creepy guy came back twice. The cops arrested him and she followed company policy. So tough luck. Let's listen. First of all, this whole thing could have been prevented. Uh, simply all the manager had to do was talk to me. Um, on July the 12th, Quite frankly, um, I, I, no one ever told me I can't come back. I didn't even think about the fact on Ju July the 3rd that she asked me to leave. That's, you know, I liked the place. I was hungry. Does that and happen a lot to, to you that people ask you to leave because you took a picture of their baristas? Does that happen a lot that people ask you to leave because you took no. a picture of, of the women working there? Right. No, that's then never happened to me. It should stay in your head. It should kind of stay in your head. But how are you out seven grand? Well, that's how much it cost me to drive up there. Quite frankly, I had to drive all the way back, and I had to make that trip twice. Oh, that's for showing uh, up for court for your criminal charges. That's what you mean. C correct. Correct. Uh, on, I on got the it. Okay. On Monday. And then a thousand in, in emotional distress and a thousand in defamation of character. So now is my follow-up question: Why does Mary Lou's have to pay you all that? Let's assume for a moment you're really out seven thousand for all this. Why is that Mary Lou's fault? Um. For one thing, uh, there was no need to call 911. This was not, this was a non-emergency. If the manager had any issues, all they had to do was talk to me and ask me to leave or ask questions, and I would have been happy to. Um, the fact that they insisted on a letter of no trespass 
this does not warrant a letter of no trespass. Um, pictures but why are taken, is that up to you to I, decide? Ms. Kochi, does this warrant a letter of no trespass? You're the head of security there? Yes. Is this a privately owned restaurant? Yes. Okay, so who are you to decide whether or not they don't want you there? It's a privately owned place. Unless they're so violating just, some law by asking you to leave. You know, that look, would be discrimination. I agree. I get why you felt like the cops had no reason to make such a big deal. But you understand that who was really making the big deal here, right? It was you. Because if you want to stand by your principles and not give the cops your ID, that's great. But there's a saying among the cops. You can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. And that is exactly what you ended up succumbing to by not showing them your license, taking the stay-away order, and walking on your merry way. If you'd done that, nobody would have arrested you for, for disorderly. Now, let me be clear. If you had been arrested for disorderly and your trial came in front of me, I also would find you not guilty. I agree with you. That was not disorderly. That's what we call contempt of cop, that you're not being respectful to the police and they don't like it. I get it, all right? But you explain to me how that means Mary Lou's has to pay you seven grand when you're a guy walking in there for the second time, taking pictures after the first time you took a picture, the manager told you to leave. What did Mary Lou's do wrong? Call the cops? Everybody has a right to call the cops. They don't have to be right in the end. They have a right to call the cops. That's what we pay taxes for. If she feels uncomfortable, she calls the cops and the cops sort it out. You got arrested for disorderly because of the interaction between you and the cops and the direction it took, right or wrong. Why aren't you suing the cops if you feel you should make money? Why would it ever be anyone at Mary Lou's fault for being creeped out that you put a camera facing the women working there who, after a manager had told you, stop doing that? Why is it there? Uh, the, the camera was not facing anybody, Your Honor. I just placed it there. Actually, I was trying to take a photo of the, the, the Danish that was in the Danish Were you, counter. I thought you said you didn't take a photo. I thought you just had it there. I did not take a photo. I did not take a photo, but I thought oh, well about then, it because, because yeah. I like the Danish. Oh, you but thought no one about ever taking a photo, and that's why it's sitting there pointing right at the women. All right, let me tell you something. First of all, if you want my two cents, it's creepy as hell. And I think you were trying to take a picture of the women after the manager had already told you not to. Okay, now maybe it's a free country and th this is open to the public and he felt like taking a picture of you. And if you don't like it, your remedy is to call the police and get a stay away order because they don't like it. So they did exactly what the law allows them to do. And then you ended up making it a huge deal with the cops, which is why you and the cops had a problem. Go sue the cops, see where that gets you. But you know what isn't going to happen? They're not going to pay you $7,000. My verdict in this case is for the defendants. Thank you. So let's talk to Mr. Pepler. Sir, what do you think about the judge's decision? I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I just think that the whole thing could have been prevented. Um, all the manager had to do was talk to me um, because I really didn't think there was an issue and there was no need to call the police. I, I, I kind of wish Mary Lewis had called me because this happened in their turf and if they, they, they really should have reached out to me and asked me, and get my side of the story, which they, they failed to do. And if, quite frankly, if they had, had done that, we wouldn't be here today. Well, as the judge pointed out, it was your interaction with the police that caused you to be arrested, not hers. 
So that really was the cause of the problem. Have you been taking pictures like this all around the country? Yes, I do. I, I, I take uh, a lot of Google Street View photos, several hundred all over the You've country. You've ever had a problem I've like this? never had an issue. Ever had a problem never. like this before? Never. Let's talk to the defendant now and see how she feels about the outcome. What do you think, uh, Ms. Joshi? He thinks if you hadn't have uh, called the police, nothing would he, he would have walked out if you asked him to. Um, we were just following company procedure. All right. Do you feel bad at all about what happened to him or, or not really? I mean, we just want to make sure that our employees feel comfortable when they're working. So I'm sorry that that happened, but it's what happened. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You prevailed in the lawsuit. Let's see what the judges have to say about this case. When you rendered your ruling in this case, you mentioned the time-honored principle of you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. ride. Okay. And that, that's <laughs> As really a son what, of two police officers, right. I'm sure you've uh, heard that all your uh, life. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's funny because a, a private business like this, a restaurant, they can tell people no photos, don't shoot video, don't take photographs. They could send you out of the business, a restaurant. It's not like, like he it. didn't know that they didn't want him to. He already knew. He already knew, he already knew like from that. the last. They and, may and, not, and, he may not know she called the police after he left, yeah. but he knew she didn't like it because she asked him to leave. Right. You know how that's always happening. <laughs> how you're asked to leave a restaurant and you can't wait to get back there a week right. later All to right. put a camera facing the women yeah. who are working there. You know how that's always happening? That camera way. wasn't on taking video, was it? Please. Claudine wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, uh, please help. I live in Virginia and need to get out of my lease because the upstairs neighbors make loud noise. They smoke marijuana, which makes me sick, and the smell of their cooking also makes me sick. Come on, Claudine. I mean, these people have a right to live their life at a point. Now, if it's excessive, you do have a right to quiet enjoyment under the law, but quiet enjoyment means it has to be really excessive noise or the smell has to be so noxious that it would make anybody sick. I think you're out of luck. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Kayla Gonzalez. She says she paid the defendant a caterer for her daughter's Sweet 16 party, which had to be called off due to COVID, and the swindler won't return her money. She can't believe he's giving her such a hard time, and she has no other choice but to sue for the $1,600 she's most rightfully owed. This is the defendant, Jeremy. He says he's happy to reschedule the plaintiff's event, just like he's rescheduled 32 others who were affected by the shutdown due to the pandemic. Deposits are non-refundable, and he's sorry, but he's not returning any money. He's accused of being a party pooper. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says... She hired a DJ for her daughter's Sweet 16. It was canceled because of the pandemic, and he won't return the money. An interesting case for sure. It's the case of Bitter Sweet 16. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Gonzalez, you are suing Mr. Jeremy for the return of $1,600 that you say you paid him for a Sweet 16 for your daughter that was scheduled for May, correct? That is correct, Your Honor. All right, tell me what happened here. So in the beginning of January, I reached out to Jeremy in regards to the date of May 30th, which I really wanted. My daughter's birthday was May 25th. So I really wanted that date because it was really close to her birthday. She was turning 16. You know, every teenage girl wants a sweet 16. 
um, at the time when he reached or out to me. All said, but you know, I'm, I'm a Puerto Rican American, so we celebrate 16. <laughs> um, so um, I reached out to him at the time where we reached out to each other. I didn't have the full thousand dollars that he requires to um, save the date on the deposit. So um, he re- we reached out via text, and um, he agreed to the six hundred dollars. So I think probably about within the week or a few days of he the time, he agreed to six hundred dollars. You you wanted to pay the thousand dollar deposit in two parts, six hundred and four hundred. That's your text. Correct. I read your text. Correct. Yeah. All right. So as we all know, here it is. It's January. You like the venue. What's what kind of venue is this? Is it indoor, outdoor? What is it? Uh, it's an indoor catering. It's an indoor catering hall. Okay, and a catering hall. And how many people uh, were you planning on having at your party? About 150. Yeah, it's like a wedding. <laughs> okay, so then you make the next, so you pay 600 that day, and then you pay how much more later? You pay another 1,000 in two payments, um, right? And Correct. so now we're Correct. in the beginning, or we're in beginning of March, and you're supposed to make another payment, and world I happens. I yeah. halt it. And what, I, and I, and I tell me about them. the discussions you have with Mr. Jeremy about this. Go ahead. So I text him. I work at a hospital. So I knew firsthand the direction that we were heading. And I emphasized that to him. I made the choice that I would not continue to pay him because I don't know the direction that we were going in this pandemic. So I didn't make any payments. And he, he understood that. He said, that's fine. I said, okay, we'll stay in touch. You know, I, I would text him here and there probably every two to three weeks. And he would say, nope, still just following the guidelines, just following the guidelines, which was fine because I, too, follow the guidelines. I, too, work in the medical field. I know what's going on. Right. Um, so at this point, we I had the discussion with my daughter's father. We weren't going to proceed with the Sweet 16. And I told him this. I said, I'm not going to proceed. He said, well, I'm rescheduling um, all my other events. That's what we're doing. We're postponing them. And I, I said, mean, it's okay, interesting well, you say, I'm not going to proceed because this is kind of, you can't fire me, I quit. He can't give you the party. He can't do it. <laughs> right, exactly. and Shut I down. can't have the party. And, so, and I didn't want to have the party. And you can't have the party because he can't give exactly. you the party and neither can anybody else. I mean, you can do a a 10-person party in your backyard, but you can't really proceed the way you wanted to. (laughs) Exactly. So the question um, is, who takes the hit, right? That's the question. So let's talk about that. Correct. So you say to him, I want a full refund, right? Right. No. No. What do you say to him? No. I said to him, you could keep the $600 um, $600 deposit that I pay for and return back the 1000 And he said, no, the 1000 is what's on the contract. I'm going by what's on the contract. And I get it. Yes, I gave him in in installments fees or whatever. But on the contract, what I signed for on a deposit was $600. Okay. So why would you say... And then I know he offers... So let me talk to you, Mr. Jeremy. You've had... I mean, I don't know of any other industry worse hit than vendors. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I realize that restaurants have had problems, but a lot of restaurants can pivot. They can all of a sudden do curbside. They can try to have rest tables outside in those jurisdictions that are allowing that. They can do takeout. But venues, my God, what do they do? Now, is this also a restaurant? Uh, we're not a restaurant. We're a catering establishment. Um, our license is for catering, so we're, we're not able to do outdoor dining. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. you know. Um, all right. It started with, you know, we got shut down March 17th. It started, we assumed March, April will be shut down. 
we had no idea when we'll be able to reopen. You know, so we had hopes of opening in May, hopes of opening in June. It started out as 32 events postponed. It ended up being until September, which came out to 60 events that we had to postpone. Um, we've done partial refunds. We have cars, we have clients that did cancel and understood they were losing the deposit, which I did not want to do. I didn't want anyone to lose any money. Uh, and we had, you know, a few cancellations. And the majority of the events that were postponed. We gave clients many options to take partial. I gave clients options to take partial refunds and still have a credit with us. I tried my best to do as much as I possibly. I didn't want anyone to lose any money. You know, I explained to her the same thing. We can postpone the event. You're not going to lose anything that you paid. The, the event could be postponed. She kept saying, I don't want to do the event no more, which is understandable. Some people just don't want to do the event no more. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's she some, 16, yeah, is a for some people, age, for me, you know, if my, um, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Ms. Gonzalez. I, I understand what she's saying. I, I understand both course. philosophies. Like you may say, hey, the moment passed. My philosophy is I'll celebrate. If I can't celebrate my 60th birthday, I'm gonna be so <laughs> angry. But I will celebrate no, I it at 61 because I really, <laughs> really want the party. Yeah. So exactly. I, I, you know, everybody has a different philosophy. But if the moment course, passes, absolutely. the moment passes, and if she doesn't want to do it, I get what she's saying too. Yeah, no, I, the I understood her point, and I was willing to. Is a very complex question because it's who needs to eat this. Um, who's supposed to Absolutely. eat this? Now, you made an offer to her that I'll keep the deposit, which in your eyes is 1000 because that's exactly what the contract says, whether she only gave you 600 because you were kind or whether, um, you know, uh, she, you know, the, the, the contract literally says the deposit is 1000 and then where you sign for 600 which she keeps insisting means you change the deposit, let's look at that. No, it says deposit received, deposit received, deposit received. It says it three times because he's a nice guy trying to give people a chance to pay in parts on the deposit. So that's not true what you're saying. I'm not sure if it matters. I agree with you 100%. The deposit is 1000 The rest of what she paid is 600 I do not agree with her on that. But because you guys have not been able to come to a, a resolution of how to handle the rest of this, it kind of puts me in the position of trying to figure out whether all of it goes back to her or none of it goes back to her. And so I have to look at the contract because at some point you're offering 600, then to make this go away, you offered her 800, let's split the baby, 800, and she still didn't take that. So now what I have to do is look at your contract and see whether what has happened gives you an out because there are many ways to look at this, folks. And this is something that is presenting itself to courts of law all over the nation. Absolutely. And so I have to make a judgment call on whether this contract and its act of God clause protects you or protects him. Welcome back to the People's Court. So who does the act of God clause protect in this contract? The plaintiff or the defendant? Let's find out. Cancellation. Rescheduling for events canceled due to inclement weather or acts of God. And then in parentheses it says fire, death, etc. Shall be accommodated without penalty whenever possible. Rescheduled events are subject to availability. So... Jeremy, your argument is what? I, 
I have no argument. She decided to post, she decided to cancel the event before we knew if the event could happen in May. She came in March and said, I want to cancel the event. I there was no guarantee that there was, there, there was no event. There was no guarantee that we were not going to be able to host this event in May. She came to the conclusion. I do not want to have this party. I, I want to cancel the event. I said, no problem. Contract states that the thousand dollars is non-refundable. And even with that, whether we That's get refunds or not. Let me ask not. you a question. In the, let's be clear, though. And at the end of the day, you couldn't have had the party because, in fact, the yes. the the exactly. You know, this is a complicated mess, and it, it it truly. I feel for both of you because I don't think either one of you are unreasonable people. You don't want to be out your money because you couldn't have your party, and you don't want to have to shut down your business because everybody wants to get back their money. Um, you know, because I see all sides of this, and I'm tired. I am so tired of the isolation. You know, I'm tired for our kids. I had two kids who were class of 2020. I had a high school student and a college student. My high schooler had no prom. I believe we should have prom next year, but my high school student looks at me like I'm, I'm an idiot. She it's doesn't over. want to do prom next year. It's over. The moment passed it's over for, for her. That, yeah. You know, and so I get it. I get it. You know, it's, it's hard. It's complicated. So it's also very sad. It's very what sad I do for, for, for the people who can't it is. celebrate. It's very sad for everybody. It's very it's sad for everybody. And then I, you know, and I feel when I sit here and I complain about the loss of prom and the loss of my high school graduation, the loss of the other one's college graduation, the loss of both their senior years, I feel like a jerk because there's people who lost their lives. There's way more. So exactly. I don't want to exactly. complain out loud. And the people who <laughs> lost their lives, of course, that's infinitely worse. But you know what? Everybody else's pain that didn't die, our pain is real too. Same exactly. here. Our yep, absolutely. I have a thousand dollar dress 20... sitting in storage that my daughter didn't even get to wear. Know. You know, so I, know. I feel for I, her. I've got a. It's not a thousand dollars because it's not a, a, a sweet sixteen dress, but I've got a five hundred dollar prom dress up there that I'm about to put on my head. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's hard, man. It's, it's just really not hard. safe. So, I was I I was playing it safe with my family. I know. And, There's no question. You know? There's no question. You are making the right decision. And there's no question, Absolutely. you can't give her what you contracted for. The yeah, question before exactly. me is who eats it? Who gets the hurt and why? So I look at the contract and the contract says, if it's canceled due to inclement weather, acts of God, for example, fire, death, etc., shall be accommodated without penalty whenever possible. Rescheduled events are subject to avail availability. Now, she would like me to look at that and say, you have to accommodate me without penalty. And accommodating me without penalty means give me my money back because that's the only way you can accommodate me. Um, because it means postponement and you won't be charged anything more for the, for the, for the, due to the postponement. Why would she be, really? Why would I be charged more for a postponement? Postponement would never cause me to charge. Because the person who can't have the party is you. There's not death in her family, and that's why she can't have the party. There's coronavirus. So the question becomes, does coronavirus and the, the, the fact of coronavirus, is that an act of God? Now, in this contract, it doesn't just say act of God and leave me to interpret my definition of act of God based on history, case law, whatever else. It says, due to inclement weather or acts of God, and then there's a parenthesis that says, fire, death, etc. close parenthesis. In other words, this contract 
by the way, all of your contracts should now say epidemic, pandemic, Absolutely. whatever else you need to Absolutely. add that in your, right. But Absolutely. this contract went so much further than a regular contract that just says acts of God. This contract encompasses if there's a death, if there's a fire that prevents it, what is it that's going to happen? And what's going to happen is rescheduling. That's what this contract encompasses. So in this case, specific to this case, after great thought and turmoil, I am not going to order this defendant to return the $1,600. I am ruling in the defendant's favor. Now, let me just suggest something, Jeremy. I know that there was a point in time in this lawsuit where you, were, you wanted to part ways and you were willing to go $800 back. I can't compel that. I can't split the baby. That's not how you make decisions. You make decisions based on the law when the parties can't decide and agree on anything. I think it might behoove you to never have to deal with each other again. Um, and in the spirit of good juju out there, to think about what figure um, you are willing to give her to walk away. But if you two can't come to a decision and an agreement on your own, then here is my decision. She has a $1,600 credit that she can use however she sees fit. Um, within reason, rescheduled events are subject to availability. Of course they are. That is within reason, but she gets to use it. You, however, as a business person, might want to think to yourself, hey, better to not have to reschedule this event and give her back half the money or whatever it is you decide. But like I said, that's up to you folks. It is completely 100% up to you folks. I absolutely want to help okay. her. I don't want her to lose her money. Any way, we, any way we can work it out, I'm willing to do it. I don't want her to lose her money. She shouldn't lose her money. It's not fair. So any way we can work it out, whether it's a partial uh, partial refund, credit, I'm all for it. I, I, you know, I'm all for it. Right. The issue of deposits are non-refundable doesn't cover this case. First of all, the deposit was 1000 bucks anyway. But the issue of whether deposits are non-refundable doesn't cover this case. This isn't a case where you change your mind. This is a case where it couldn't happen. So what yeah, this absolutely. case encompasses absolutely. is did his contract take into account something like this? And I find that it did. My verdict in this case is for the defendant. Let's see what Ms. Gonzalez feels about first. We'll talk to the plaintiff first. What do you think, ma'am? Um, definitely not rescheduling with him. Um, so if the $1,000 he keeps, that's fine, but return the other remaining balance, which is of $600, and I don't ever want to deal with him ever again. And I won't refer anyone to him either. All right, that's how the plaintiff feels. Uh, Jeremy, you just heard her. What do you think? The defendant, Jeremy. Talk to me, Jeremy. I think it's very unfortunate and sad. I feel bad. You know, I, I don't I, I will refund her six hundred dollars if, if it's due. Um, the thousand dollars can still remain as a credit. I don't want her to lose her money. I'm just trying to run a business here. Out of 62 events that we postponed, this is the only one that we had to go through this. And I'm very sad and unfortunate. All right. Well, that's the decision of the defendant. Uh, he will give her six hundred dollars back if she wants it. Let's see what the judges have to say about this. It's interesting that he was saying she's due $600. That's in his mind, because that's not my verdict. That's very nice of him. Right. Uh, she, if, I, if, I, if I were her, I'd be a little nicer so I can get my $600, because my verdict is she's due nothing, but go ahead. It yeah. hits close to home, too, for us, with these two kids. And you our know? youngest, Sophie, doesn't want to do the prom a year from now. 
No, she doesn't want. She doesn't want to do the prom next week. You know, uh, the Greek philosopher Heraclitus said you can't step in the same river twice, right? But you can. It's not the same (laughs) river, and you're not the same man or the same person a year from now. So I I understand. Things change, you know? Yeah. Things change. It's hard to recapture that moment. Okay, Jody wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, when I got divorced in 1999, my ex-husband took our last federal income tax refund check and ripped it in half and sent me my half. I'm sorry for laughing. Um, What can I do to get my money? Um, God, Jody, you should have sued a long time ago. I think clearly the statute of limitations has run here. Um, Obviously, it's a gross thing that he did to send you half the check that way. But this is a good example for everybody. When your rights are violated, you have to act promptly. And if you don't, the statute of limitations will run and you'll be out of luck. We'll see you next time.